This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1 800 Gambler. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. Well, this is Betting Weekly Premier League Show. You're with myself, Dan Roebuck, alongside me, Nigel Seeley and Jack Wright. A belated Happy New Year from everyone on the show to all of our viewers. And listeners, New Year's resolutions, chaps, dry January, anything that you're going to change your lifestyle with, Nigel, for 2024? Dry, uh, dry January lasted a day, all over. <laughs> Lots of dry January. Uh, the gym lasted half a day. Uh, but what is the cutoff point? Uh, happy New Year to you. What is the cutoff point for New Year? That's the, when, do you, when do you stop saying Happy New Year to people? What is the day, the official day? Well, I, I don't know, but we've not, we've not had a show. So, you know, I, we've got some loyal fans out there, a growing fan base. I just thought I'd welcome them in with a new year because we haven't had a show so far. Yeah, I was very Are, you, are you saying we're too late? I think we're too late to the party. I think 10th of January is like, come on now, we've done with all that. We're back to normal. It's freezing cold. Everyone's back to work. <laughs> Forget the festive fun. It's down to business. Jack, what have you given up or taken up? Oh, no, I don't do any of that. I don't want to set myself up for a fool. So I, I promise I'm going to drink more, go out more, eat more, win more bets. <laughs> as simple as that, really. Um, yeah, there's, there's nothing else to it. Oh, I don't know. Look, I'll tell you what the EPL has given up so far this season. Draws, just 18.7% of games have ended all square. 37 matches in 198 games. Um, if you are level staking the draw, Nigel, you'll be minus 38. It's the sort of uh, PL that the Bundesliga show last season would have absolutely killed for. Uh, only five nil nils so far. Thoughts no. why, Nigel? I don't know. I've got no idea why. <laughs> I've got no idea why. I mean, I suppose I suppose the thing is that the are, of... are teams playing more positively? I is, think... is, there, is there more ambition? What is it? Well, I think there's that. There's a lot, all the late goals, all the same reasons that we said over the last few months, really. I mean, you know, the, the extra time means that a lot of late goals when teams are drawing, teams are pushing forward. I mean, if you look at the odds, 18.7% it equates to plus 550. So that in average odds for a draw is about plus 330. So the draw, but I think that will level itself out when. There's Should we back the draw? Content. Should we back the draw every single game from now to the no. end of the season? Will we make money? No, no, no. I don't think so. No, I, I think there'll be certain weeks where a draw will, will suit sides when when we know that teams are playing for titles or playing for relegation. They might settle for a draw when other teams have got big backs. But at the moment, I would I wouldn't bet a draw. No, uh, and at the draws are sort of a you know the nil nil detectors an antique now, isn't it? I mean, it's got yeah, in, got in the, it's, it's a, a relic. It's a natural relic. history museum has got a little bit for the the nil nil detector. And draw betters have gone in there as well, haven't they? The draw betters, you know, the old Joe who used to go down the betting shop ten years ago and have a three the pools. draw parlay. The pools, they're all in there. They're all in with the nil nil detector. It's like a section. <laughs> if you ever come over to England or Great Britain, head to the National History Museum, you see the, the draw betters <laughs> section and the nil nil detector next to the T Rex skeleton yeah. and everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah, everything's all there. <laughs> Jack, any thoughts on why we haven't had any draws in the Premier League? I think there's a such a gulf now between the say the top the bottom there's, there's effectively kind of compartments isn't there you've got the, the top six that are all battling together uh you then got the bottom five or six you've got those then teams that are just below their europa league places challenging for that 
generally speaking, come towards the end of the season, probably only have like two or three clubs that will be nothing to play for. So I think when those games are, are winnable, they're going for it. And also, you've got to take into account the likes of VAR. Uh, teams aren't getting away with stuff they got away with before. There's penalties given left, right and centre week in, week out. So I think those those goals are coming um, and, and sides just aren't getting away with the things that they used to get away with um, with those decisions. So I think it's a combination of those those sort of things. Uh, I'm, we still have only... I'm still none the wiser. <laughs> we, we have only got five games this weekend. It's a sort of mini winter break, of course, with um, uh, five games this week and five games next weekend for the Premier League. So uh, not as much to go out for betters, but we have got plenty of plays for you nonetheless uh, from the boys. We're going to kick off with a Friday night fixture in the UK. It is 2.45 Eastern in America. It's Burnley versus Luton. Burnley minus 106. Luton plus 2.95 here. It's 19th versus uh, 18th and um, we're going to dip into the prop markets first and foremost for our official play Jack talk us through this because we're focusing on corners here yeah we are I looked at the game it's, it's, a, it's a massive game as you say right down at the bottom of the table um, both these sides um, will, will need a win Burnley probably more especially so you look at this game now is it when you look what they got coming up this is huge for them because following this game they've got to play Manchester City Liverpool and Arsenal in say three of their next four games. So, uh, you know, win for Luton here puts them seven points clear of Burnley. So lots to play for. Um, so Friday night in the UK, uh, I've gone for a, say a, a split here in the fact that we need over four and a half Burnley corners. We need over two and a half Luton corners. Um, corners have been rife in their games throughout the course of the season um, for this. So uh, I just feel that both these sides effectively suit each other how they're going to play. Luton don't tend to really want to have the ball. They'll let the opposition have it. Burnley like to dominate possession um, and, and kind of work up the pitch uh, passing-wise well. Luton are more direct, and I think they'll be throwing balls into the box when they get the opportunity this week. James Trafford's a young goalkeeper for Burnley. They'll put him under pressure with a physical style. Um, so getting those balls into the box, then that will tend to lead to corners. Uh, as far as Burnley are concerned, Luton concede the most amount of shots in uh, the away from home in the Premier League, 20 shots per game away from home, they average conceding. So Burnley should be firing off plenty, which again is another um, reason why there'll be plenty of corners in it. You look at the games that they've had between each other over the last two seasons, because they obviously came up from the championship last season. Um, they were 13 in the reverse fixture this season, six for um, Burnley, seven for Luton. And uh, last season, we, we saw uh, 12 and 13 corners as well. So five or more corners for Burnley in seven of their 10 home games this season. Villa and Liverpool were two of the ones where they didn't get that many. So that's kind of understandable. They averaged 6.7 per game. Um, and they concede, they've conceded three or more corners, which we need here, obviously, for Luton in eight of their 10 home games. Whereas Luton, they've hit three or more in seven of their nine home games. They averaged four corners per away game. And they've conceded five or more in seven of their nine away from home. So all points towards this one being, um, yeah, those corners that we mentioned. Over four and a half for Burnley, over two and a half for Luton. Same game parlay. Plus 104. All Jack's picks, incidentally, are uh, plus money, I reckon. So uh, we've got some sizable plays. Certainly one of the assists that we've got a little bit later on the show. Just sticking briefly with this one, Nigel. Burnley minus one, uh, 455 to be relegated. Luton is my, uh, Luton uh, minus 367. I mean, is this a game that they're both targeting to win or is it... A, is it a must-not-lose or have we gone beyond that? I mean, you did have a lean in this. Well, I say a lean. You did have a play, but you've revised it because it is a, a difficult one to call in, in terms of goals. 
I think I'll have to go for lean towards Burnley, actually, for the points that Jack made there. They've got this a massive match for him with some real tough fixtures coming up. My lean was for under two and a half goals. I thought it had to be. I had to go back to the norm and put an under in. But then I sort of looked at the match. There's so many goals that Luton scored away from home. And I looked at the matches involving teams at the bottom of the table this season. They've been high-scoring matches. Not like seasons gone by. Um, this, if this was two, three seasons ago, the Neil Neil Detector would be out of the British Museum. It'd be in here now. It'd be bleeping down. Nigel, this is a maximum bet. Uh, but this season has been different for some reason. Um, the one thing I would say is a couple, a couple of things that this weekend is really, really important. One of them is obviously it's the, the week before the break. Now, obviously, a two-week break seems to have... Maybe teams might go at it a little bit this week, thinking we've got, you know, it's the last chance, two weeks to go. We, we might as well go at it. In, in the world, week before the World Cup, Last year, it was 30 goals across the average three goals per game in the Premier League um, in that week before. And it was high goals. It was a match that was 4-3, a couple of high-scoring matches as well. So they may have a tendency to go all out. And obviously, it's the African Cup of Nations and the Asian Cup where a lot of players are out missing for that. So it, it, it might lead itself to goals. And then when you looked at the Burnley players and, and the players for Luton as well, I just thought to myself, you know, I would go under, but there was a part of me that thought it could be nil-nil. But on the flip side, it could be 4-4. I'll be honest, I fancy Burnley to win this one. Um, and I wanted all three picks this week because of the short fixture list to be plus money. Hence why I've gone with that. But also, um, I actually had this down as an overs game myself. Um, and as I say, Nigel had unders. So I, I, I kind of went with my backup plan. There was three, two or three options in this one. It's quite a lot. Of nice angles into it, I think. Say and uh, uh, corners, I think expect double figures, and the fact that we can split it is the reason I went for that in the end. Other than the fact that, uh, say, Nigel went early with the unders, and uh, I fancied overs. Yeah, I mean, there's got to be a bit of correlation in terms of over corners and over goals. I think it's a fair play. Uh, one thing I wouldn't do, I wouldn't back Burnley at my. Would you back Burnley at minus money? I, c- I couldn't back Burnley at home. I mean, how many games have they lost at home? They won, the won one at home, lost nine of ten, yeah, didn't they? I mean... So to be, to be siding with a team in that that kind of form, yeah, but. When you look at the sides they beat, they beat Sheffield United five 0 at home, and they beat Luton away already. Yeah, uh, that's so fair. I think they, they, I think they just come up short when they're playing against seasoned Premier League teams. When they're against sides that are more Championship oriented, like they dominated it last season, I think they can show themselves a bit better. But they make too many mistakes to get punished by the better teams and the better players. So yeah, tough one. Minus money, yeah, probably one a swerve. Yeah, it's an interesting one. Burnley Luton is Friday night, UK, 2.45 Friday Eastern. Let's get to Chelsea against Fulham, which is Saturday morning Eastern, 7.30. You've got to get up early. US betters, if you're getting involved in this one, or at least you're watching it, you can get your bets down the, the day before, of course. Um, Chelsea here, Nigel, minus 165. Fulham, plus 4.20. Draw, plus 3.35. This is an all-West London affair. We talk about derby matches a lot on this show. They are local dust-ups. For me... And I'm a northerner, unlike you two. I look at this game and I think it's not that much of a derby. But I guess if you chat to a Fulham fan, it it might be. I mean, just just from a derby point of view. I mean, is it one that Chelsea fans brush off and but Fulham fans really take seriously? What's your what's your thoughts on it? Yeah, Fulham fans definitely take it seriously. I mean, Chelsea, they're they're big match. They like they like getting one over on Tottenham, don't they? They love yeah. to beat the Tottenham side. And Fulham is like sort of a nice rival, isn't it? Not really. A, <laughs> they're, they're like nice, friendly next to like a little, little Fulham, brother right? almost, you know? Little, yeah, nice oh, friendly. Yeah. You can knock on the door and get some coffee for them. If you knock on the door like, to meal, they throw the coffee in your face. <laughs> uh, so like it's a diff- different kind of derby there. But I mean, geographically, 1.7 miles separate these two sides. So it's close, talk- they're close. When we talk about US betters and they talk about derbies and in-state matches, you know, they're a long, long mile away in miles. So this is at 1.7 miles. You can walk it in 30 minutes. You can walk down the King's Road 
uh, up down the Fulham Palace Road and you're there. I've done that walk many a occasion, I'll tell you. <laughs> on, on, on the Google Maps, it takes 30 minutes. After 10 Stellars, it takes a lot, lot longer. I can assure, <laughs> I can assure, I can assure, I can assure you of that. Uh, the good thing about it, these two sides as well is obviously that, you know, talk about rivalry. They could play in the Carabao Cup final, the League Cup final over here. And that will be a massive occasion for Fulham. Obviously, Fulham are trading 2-1 against Liverpool, so they've got to win at Craven Cottage. And obviously, Newcastle, oh, sorry, Chelsea are trading 1-0 from at Middlesbrough. So they've got a bit of work to do, but there is a possibility this could be a Wembley final as well. I think I, the bet I like here is unders, and it's purely on the price. I think the price is too big, plus 135 under two and a half goals. I think that's a massive price. Consider it's a derby, considering it's an early kickoff. Early kickoffs, notoriously quite low. It takes a bit of teams, players, a little bit of time to get used to the, you know, the early kickoff. They ask any Premier League player, any, any Premier League, ex-Premier League player, they don't like playing in them early kickoffs. Uh, the fact that both of these two sides have had to, to go and play in midweek as well. Fulham uh, had to go out to Liverpool. Chelsea had to go to Middlesbrough, as I said, in the cup. That is a big ask to then go and play again early hour, early on the, on the Saturday morning. And also, we look at Chelsea in particular, the players they've got missing from the African Cup of Nations. Nicholas Jackson, uh, is he, I think he's their top goal scorer this season, but is that a positive or a negative in Bill yeah. Wade for over under <laughs> You know, he's missed more chances than he's scored. Uh, and Kunku's got another injury. So that's two of their strikers out for this game. Fulham have got three players at the African Cup of Nation, including Iwobi. So they are big blows from an attacking point of view. Um, and I think from the from the odds here, it's a derby. Players are missing. Both of them are a little bit jaded after a big, big match. They've got some big, big games coming up. Both of them have got the Carabao Cup second legs uh, in a couple of weeks' time. And then they go straight into some real tough FA Cup matches. Fulham hosts Newcastle and uh, Chelsea have got Aston Villa. So real, real tough matches coming up for them. I think the timing of it, the way that it's been sat in the fixtures, it's a derby, players missing. I think under two and a half goals, a plus 155 is a stonking bet. Now, I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I think at the price, plus 135, you know you know what you've got to do. You've got to pull the trigger, get on. Yeah, lots of good narrative about that particular play, I think. I think that, the, and I mean, it's probably not cold in terms of US um, weather, but for is it's cold as well at, at the minute, and and that could be another little factor. Well, I've looked at the weather. I've under... looked at the weather forecast because obviously I always check the weather forecast. Yeah. You've only got to see me going off to. It's minus minus one, isn't it? People are asking me weather for weather predictions rather than rather than um, bets nowadays. I'm, I'm not asking my son for the bets; they're asking me for the weather predictions. <laughs> but um, the the weather in, on Saturday is, is quite it's, goes up a little bit. Oh, uh, does it? It's about right. five degrees, so it's a little. It's not sub zero, oh, right, right. so that won't help for the others. It will be cold. But knowing Fulham against Chelsea, I would make you a price. Outfield players, probably 11, 12 wearing gloves over what, across, over, across over the two teams. Across the two, uh, over eleven uh, and a half, uh, under eleven and a half gloves. Wearing. I don't know. I think a lot of the players have jettisoned the the gloves now because they realise they get a little bit of stick from it. If you go back 15 years, 10, 15 years, like, all, you know, all the all the Chelsea boys had gloves on then, even John they Terry. They snooze, didn't they? they got yeah, snooze. Well, got banned. You, yeah, they'd be yeah. banned from this show after the one you had on. <laughs> <laughs> They're out. They're banned. They banned. Um, um, that show never went up for a day, and I think it was trying to get to try to get everyone to think <laughs> that wasn't was a video nasty. That was an That was an Udi. That was, that was an absolute yeah. Never went up for a day. I thought they were trying to edit that. <laughs> Listen, Nigel's, Nigel's got under two and a half here at plus 135. Um, and uh, Nigel has just rattled off a few of the players that Chelsea will be missing. And this is key because this is my favourite play of the week. There you go. I've jinxed it already. Jack's, Jack's got it for us. Um, I haven't got a regular starting striker. So who might score the goals? Uh, Jack, this is an interesting one. Go on. It's going to be Cole Palmer. Yeah. 
so I actually picked this one out prior to the game in midweek. Ah, shrewd, shrewd. Yeah, had an absolute shocker in midweek. But but did he, though? Did he have a shocker? He could have had a hat-trick. He could have had a hat-trick. So this is my point. Yeah, go on. No, go on. Yeah, your glass half full, your glass half empty. You obviously are full, standard. And that you're... I'm um, half empty. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And... um, he got in. He got in a position to score goals, didn't he? And he should have probably had a hat trick in the first half. Uh, I saw his xG for was one point two five, and and he, he missed a great chance early on. Then he put one over the bar from about three yards out, um, and then and he was a bit too cautious with his third chance as well. But um, on target. So, but prior to that, he's been pretty clinical over the course of the season so far. He scored eight goals, which is Chelsea's top goal scorer. What I like about him is that he's been picked up. From Manchester City, they spent forty million pounds on him, which was a, a lot, so like fifty-four million dollars. And he's gone to Chelsea and gone. You know, I'm I'm going to back that up. He's took the ball for penalties. He could have hidden away a little bit, um, but he's been on those and he's converted those. Fulham have conceded the most joint highest amount of penalties across the Premier League so far this season. So there's a good chance that he might well get one in this game as well. And uh, as I say, with those absentees, he will be. Advanced probably as a false nine or as, as, say in a centre forward area, but he'll certainly be in the starting eleven uh, in one of those um, front positions across, um, say the front three or four that that they'll play. Um, and and uh, Fulham conceded a lot of goals. Only the bottom three have conceded uh, more goals than them across the season so far. And I do think Chelsea will get their chances. Chelsea have been like that over the course of the season. They created lots of chances. I haven't been scoring them, but Cole Palmer has been that one guy that has been consistent throughout. In a season they've been consistently inconsistent, he's been the exception to that. And he's probably arguably been their best player of the season so far. So getting on board with him here at plus money to to get on the score sheet at any point of time in the game, that's the play for me in this one. Yeah, plus 180. It's a massive price. And you're right, he played as a false nine in midweek. I think Mauricio Pochettino likes him there. And, yeah, and you could argue it didn't work because he didn't score. But as you mentioned, his XG was a significant number. Let's move on to Everton versus Aston Villa. Uh, this is uh, 9 a.m. on the Sunday. Everton plus 180, Villa plus 148. Uh, both teams are profitable in the over two and a half goals market uh, this season. Overs is minus 134, under is plus 108. You are sticking, Nigel, with a tried and tested here. Yeah, I mean, uh, my New Year's resolution, obviously, in, in, in my recent picks, has been to bit a lot more overs than unders, and they've. I, I think I've got a hundred percent record on the overs on this mm. show, which is which is. Sort who of who knew you starting to win money? It's incredible, isn't it? Unbelievable. If I'd <laughs> if I'd known that twenty years ago, I wouldn't be living in this house. I'd be living in a mansion. I'd be living next to your next door to you, Mister Robert. Uh, but, um, this is this is an this is an over two and a half for me. Um, the price is minus 134, which is a little bit lower than I would usually like to bet, but minus 134. And I think the stats and the and the evidence that suggest this is going to be uh, overs. I mean, both of these sides score goals twice this season they've met already. Uh, one in the cup, one in the league. Both of them cashed overs. 4-0 for Villa in the league and 2-1 in the in the league cup for uh, Everton. The uh, last four road matches for Aston Villa, all four, last four have all gone over two and a half. Five of their last six road matches over two and a half. Villa have the second worst defence in the top half of the table in road matches. Only Newcastle have a worse hope, uh, record than that. Uh, Villa have scored in their last 10 road matches. Villa have scored in every single one. 
So you would expect them to get a goal. Neither of these sides have really been affected badly by the players going to the African Cup of Nations compared to other teams in and around them. It's a huge match for Aston Villa at the top of the table. If they need to win this to have any chance of really putting the pressure on, they want to go out on, on this break with a win then, you know, in, in, in a lofty position. Could go top of the table. Um, uh, Villa, like I said, last 10 road matches scored. Everton have scored in their eight of their last nine home matches as well. And they scored three against Newcastle, two against Chelsea, one against Manchester City. So if they can score six goals if they get into that opposition, you would expect them to score against a very leaky Aston Villa defence on the road. That is the part that Emery has to shore up, that leaky defence on the road. At home, we know they're great. On the road, they're a little bit inconsistent and they concede far too many goals. That's what he's got to shore up. But uh, he might have to do that after the break. Uh, I'm going to go over two and a half goals here. The matchup looks good. Everton played a part in a dire nil-nil against Crystal Palace that I went to, but that was all to do with the weather, all to do with the conditions. They were they were very they were helped by Calvert Lewin uh, obviously rescinded his red card to be available for this match. Ollie Watkins will be available for this match. None of the teams massively affected by the African Cup of Nations, both at full strength, over two and a half goals. Maybe not a price that many people might want to take at minus 134 in singles. And I'm not, you know, if you're a recreational better of 10, maybe 10, 15 dollars on that, it's not going to get your juices flowing. But I think for the for the parlay, it's banker material. Over two and a half goals, Everton Villa, get on. Uh, only three teams have made a level stakes profit in the EPL if you've backed unders this season. This is quiz time, Nigel. You've oh, been waiting for this. Here we go. Which which three teams have made uh, betters a profit level stakes for unders so far this season. Only three teams in the Premier League. Oh, let me which think. Three let me, let Jack, me, which three teams? Jack, which three teams? I'd go. Um, which three teams? I'm trying Arsenal. to think. You've, you've said three Arsenal teams three times. Uh, no. Give me two. Uh, Crystal three. Palace. Crystal Palace. That's because 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 this goes out as a podcast as well, so we have to keep talking. Because, we can't just sort because, of, you know, because, can't just give you a bit of this. Because, 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 because. Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace. No. That's wrong. Man United. Man United is one. Yes. Uh, You'll go. Every Luke. single Premier League game this season, three Newcastle. teams. If you backed on this. No. No. I'll go on. Just get, put us out of my misery. Brentford. No. Who's top of the table? Liverpool. Liverpool. Who's bottom of the table? Sheffield United. There you go. There's the three. So Sheffield United, Liverpool. Well, I must admit, your quiz questions are getting hey, better from last year. There, tell you what, I'm fine. Don't worry. Bam, Bamba Gascoigne, Google it, American fans. I bet he's absolutely um, he was a great uh, He's similar kind of pants. haircut for you. Bamba Very similar. Very, you Google, Google it, you'll see the similarities between Dan and Bamba Gascoigne. Bamba Gascoigne, US uh, viewers, um, listeners, was a quiz show host in the 70s and 80s in the UK. Uh, anyway, let's move on to Man United Spurs, 11.30 Sunday. United plus 118, Spurs plus 205, draw plus 295 here. United have won one of their last five in the Premier League. Um, Big Wigan, of course, in the FA Cup, Nigel, last time out. Uh, they are favourites here again. Uh, and they've been back. They were plus 125 when they did the running order last night. They're plus 118 now. I mean, I, 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 can't, I can't believe they are borderline even money. You tell me why. Well, I think... I have a small lean towards Man United here. I wouldn't bet them at even money. You but bet I them at have... that price. I, know, Look, I... I can always see them winning games, but you can't bet them at plus one eight. Yeah, but Tottenham are about Son. They're about Basuma as well. Obviously, we know that you know this season have been about Harry Kane and really, really suffered them because Son has done it. They're out Madison. I mean, the players that Tottenham are missing here is a big, big ask to go to Old Trafford. I, I know they're inconsistent. I know Old Trafford has, hasn't, you know, Bournemouth went there 1-3-0. 
Uh, but the, the turnaround against Aston Villa may have galvanised their season. They, they, they played pretty well. well they lost to the game after that, didn't they? They got hammered, didn't they? The game after, I can't remember who it was, Forest. but they got beat. Forest. But at home, I think I think that's good. The, the, obviously, the cup as well. They had a good win in the cup as well. Uh, they got a good chance in the cup. They've a great draw. So there, is, there may be some new owners that come in. Radcliffe's taken 25% of the, of the club as well. So there, there is signs that things may be turning around, but they are so inconsistent. And no, I couldn't bet them at even money, but I can see why they're being bet because people look at data, people look at analysis, people look at team news. Team news is more important than anything else. And the Tottenham team has been decimated by people away on international duty. You know, if you take Son, Madison and Kane out of that team, that is, that's very, very difficult to really see where the goal is going to come from. But saying that, I'm going for over three goals at minus 132. <laughs> uh, and the reason I'm saying that is because seven of the last 10 home matches for Man United, uh, at least three goals have been scored. So you would have only lost on this match in three matches in the Premier League this season. Uh, for Tottenham, they've won five of their last six matches. They're in great form. Ten of the last 11 EPL matches in Tottenham matches have produced at least three goals. Over 10 years, the average goals in this game is 3.3 goals per game. That's over 10 seasons. Tottenham are getting good form. I think the way that Manchester United play, they, they're at a sort of stage where now it's like, we might as well swing about it. We might as well go for it. They go they're off the front foot. They leave themselves open at the back. Tottenham, despite those players, still have goals in him. Ricarlison is there. We're leading the line. I think that he'll get goals when he gets opportunities. Tottenham have got a little bit of swagger about him. Postacoglu won't care. If they go 1-0, 2-0 down, he'll just go three up front, four up front, and just try to try to just, if we concede two, we, we don't care. We're going to score two. But I think over three goals here, with a push on the Asian line with Bet Rivers, is the bet. It's minus 132. Again, a little bit of a short price. It would be my least confident pick out of all of them. But if you love your statistics, you love your, your, your recent trends and you love everything that produces goals. And Manchester United and Tottenham are way, way, way at the top of that list. And I think Man United Tottenham will be a bit of a classic at 4.30 p.m. And straight after that, well, between that, between that and the Everton game, we'll have the reaction show and we'll be talking about a very entertaining match. Man United against Tottenham, yeah. over three goals, minus 132. Asian with a push, with a push. If it's with three a push. Goals. Historically, there's always a lot of goals in this. Feature. I mean, Jack, I know you've got a, a prop bet for us here to just go alongside Nigel's play, but in terms of money line or, or over and under, did you have any sort of opinion on this one, Jack? Can't be back at Man United pretty much any price, to be fair, at the moment, because they are so inconsistent. And I've, every time I've seen them play, have just not impressed me. Even like Wigan during the week, I just just looked at him and I thought, you know, who's scoring goals for him? McTominay's is their, their top goal scorer in the league this season with five goals. And he scored those across three games, two games in October and one game in in, um, in December. So uh, it's not working out for Hoyland at the moment. You look at Rashford and it, it sort of looks disinterested and fancy flicks and tricks more than anything else rather than any end products. So yeah, Nigel's right. The concern if you're back in money line is... Spurs players that are missing. Son's obviously been vital for them, but Richarlison has come to form at the right time uh, with his goals. I think he scored six goals, uh, five in his last six games. So, um, yeah, perhaps he's going to be the match winner for here. But if I had to have a bet with your money, I'd go with Tottenham because I think there's a bit more value in it at the price. Yeah, I, I, I think that's fair. I, I certainly want bet. I'd want to be against United at, at, at the prices. We have got a prop bet in this one, um, and this is. This might be the biggest price play we've had on the show. What are we? Week twenty. This is the. Is it? I think this is the biggest price play we've had. Plus Nigel, is it? I, think so. it, I don't know what it is. I can't remember. Plus <laughs> one forty. Is it plus one forty? <laughs> what is it? 
plus it's plus three seven five. I don't even think we've had a, a pick no, of two or would, one. Let, let, let alone any, near four. Had, one. We wouldn't have anything. We haven't. We, we've not had anything plus uh, over two to one. I don't think. Come on, uh, no. uh, Jack. Come on, ex- explain uh, the, the prop here for the Manchester United Spurs game. Yeah, we're going bold in this week. I, I fancy going bold, as I said. We've um, got. You're right. Games, it's so me and Nigel that have gone. Oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I had a haircut this week just to try and like fit in a little bit, but not quite enough off. Not quite enough off. Come on, what's the, what's the play? Nigel mentioned the uh, live reaction show this weekend. Well, last time I was on it, I actually tipped this in that show. It was Pedro Porro, Tottenham's right back, to provide an assist. So he basically needs to provide the pass that leads to a goal. And he has done that six times so far this season. And when you consider across the whole division... Only Mo Salah's leading the way and Ollie Watkins with eight assists across the campaign. That shows you how well he is doing. He fits Ange Postacoglu's side perfectly. I've loved watching him this season. He was a bit of anonymous when he joined the club, but he seems to have absolutely thrived under Postacoglu. He celebrates tackles, and I love that when you see a defender crunch someone and stick him into the stands and he's there giving it the fist pump. Love to see that, but he's great going forward, and I think he's going to have a lot of joy against this United side who are playing Dallow on the their left and he's advanced and in, inverted as well. So he's playing inside, which Wigan, they're out ball during the week. And bearing in mind, people in America are going, what is a Wigan? Wigan are in the third tier of English football and they caused United a few problems in midweek and they played it out to their right, a, a pacey winger who, um, who so advanced up the pitch and, and caused problems. And that will be... Pedro Porro in this instance for Spurs, who plays very, very advanced under Postacoglu. Now, I said he's had six assists so far this season. Well, the main reason is five of those have come since November the 11th. And that's a key date because that's the first game that James Madison was missing. So he's now on their free kicks and on their corners. And United are a little bit susceptible to those balls into the box as well from set pieces. So he's on those, which definitely, definitely helps. And he's advanced to get those crosses into the box as well. Um, and he's had five assists in those nine games since uh, Madison's been out, so since November. Uh, and they've all been single assists as well. So in five of those nine games, he's provided at least one assist. So a real good return on that to get plus 375 in a game, which, as Nigel said, and I agree with him, screams goals. He has a very good chance, in my opinion, of providing an assist for one of those goals at a very juicy price indeed. Yeah, top info. Brilliant analysis. Plus 375, the assist market for the Man United Spurs game. I've never, game bet, I've never bet on the assist market, Dan. I've never bet on the assist market in my life, right? Never ever. But what happens if he passes the ball to one of their players? Does that count as an assist? No. Doesn't it? No. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Because it's got to be the team that he plays for that scores, not the opposition. Never, not, never yeah, it's a fair share as well. In the dream team stuff, if you get fouled for a penalty and they scored a penalty, that's an assist, but not here, unfortunately. It has to be a but, pass yeah. to one Learn of our players. There's so many markets for Bet Rivers. We need to involve a few others every now and again. Bread and butter money line and Asians and, and uh, goal lines, but every now and again, we'll throw in a curveball. And like I said, it's cash. Last time I was on that live reaction show with Steve at the weekend. So uh, <laughs> let's do it again. Uh, who's on the reaction show, uh, Nigel Sunday? Steve it's and Simon Holden. <laughs> He's oh, really Holden. well. I tell you Holden. what, the good lord, the good lord, if he can come up with an assist, 
It was then, supposed uh, to be me, but I'm uh, I, I'm at a um, family party, so I couldn't yeah. do it. So uh, Simon Holden is on there, and he's an Everton fan, isn't he? So it's immediately after the Everton Aston Villa game. So it should be quite. I thought we were going to get the best tipster in the Sealy household on. The what? Sorry. <laughs> I thought we were going to get the best tips doing the Sealy household on. He's expensive. <laughs> you met my son on Saturday, didn't you, Dan? Yeah, I did. Yeah, good lad. Good, yeah. good fun after the uh, QPR game. He's changed now. Uh, <laughs> In a week, he's changed. <laughs> he's, 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 got, he's, he's walking around with a bit of swagger. He's, yeah, he's, well, he's, good he's on him. When you, when, yeah. Listen, when, when you're knocking out the correct score picks, good on him. Yeah. Um, uh, one last thing. Uh, down t- a peg or two, that boy. Ten, ten hard. <laughs> Quickly, Ten Hag plus one seventy. I didn't realise he was favourite to the next manager to go. I mean, Jim Ratcliffe's come in. There doesn't seem to be the threat on his job. Has the market got that wrong? Just quickly, Nigel Jack. I, I, I don't think he. I don't think he's. Going. I don't think I he's going to go. I think. I think he could win the FA. I get got a good run I in the FA Cup. That. I think he could do. It. What, what price is no manager to go now? I don't know. I always I like betting no manager to go at some stage of the season. And like there's always one like the week before the final season goes. But I think if <laughs> yeah. you look at all the all of them have sort of ridden the waves. I mean, if Burnley haven't made a move for company now, he's staying. The Luton yeah. man the Luton managers are going nowhere. Pochettino, yeah. that they're in two cup competitions. Eddie Howe, I think that an FA Cup again is huge for him. Yeah. I, I, I think no, no manager. Roy Roy is the only one. Roy Hodgson and Roy uh, could go, couldn't he? Could. But other than that, I think. I think there's going to be very limited moves. Jack, anything in it? Do you think he's false price? I think he's going to stay. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I think if they, if they were going to pull the trigger, probably would have done it by yeah. now. And so I think they've been bad enough over the last year that they probably would have uh, say got rid of him before now. So no, I think there's yeah others or no one. As not others or no one. Um, no manager not, to leave. Is not, not, listen to this. This is a very this is a very serious point here. Right? Go on. Here you go, right? No manager. To leave the job now to the end of the season. Now we're halfway through the season. What price right. would you be? Now, the, on, bet, ten, the bet is Roy Hodgson, Ten Hag, Eddie Howe. Ten, ten to one. What would you ten be, one. Jack? Plus a thousand. Plus eight hundred. Eight to one, ten to one. Eighty to one. What? Eighty to one. No more managers to lose a job. I, 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 the, the betting is Roy Hodgson, Ten Hag, Howe, Vincent Company, Pochettino. So then, we're half. We're, we're, we're well. We're a third away through January when the transfers start to happen. And uh, I mean, I can't. Im- I can't imagine there's going to be much. Who's going to go? I Normally, mean, you Wild- look, the the table, look at you? the bottom. Wilder's going to stay. Company's mm. probably going to stay. And as you say, Luton guy, uh, Rob Edwards is going to stay. And and there's not really many other people in risk of relegation, is there? Like Everton yeah. will probably get the points back and and be good enough to get out of it. Uh, Forest but Roy, Roy will probably move. just take it. Roy will take it to the end of the year. Then, then they'll swap yeah. in the summer, won't they? Probably eighty maybe. to one. Yeah. Palace gone up for sale. They're talking about selling, selling Palace. So that, that mm. obviously, if that's on the horizon, then they aren't going to do anything until uh. that happens. Now so, you, thought, you, what, you thought the plus three fifty was the biggest price <laughs> yeah. this year. And, and now we've got one. Nick, what have we got? To go. What's that's the what's that in American money? Plus eight thousand. Yeah, that's um, that is a big price, ladies and gentlemen. If you if you want to get involved with that, um. We've looked at four of the five games, so it would be remiss of us not to at least have a very quick chat on the Newcastle-Man City game. Newcastle plus 450, Man City minus 177, the draw plus 350, over and under here, uh, over minus 162, under plus 128. Would you have a a, a lean, boys, in this one quickly, Nigel? My lean would be over goals again. I mean, De Bruyne coming back, Harland possibly could start again we'd be fresh uh, they may rest him even if they do Alvarez is in sensational form Newcastle conceding goals Newcastle sort of playing out giving it all they can in the league but really their, their main objective now is to win the FA Cup 
Um, I would go for um, three goals and a push with three goals, over three yeah. goals. Have a look at that. Jack, what do you think? Anything? I'd go unders. If I had to in that one, uh, it seems like an overs game, but Eddie Howard tends to set up quite tight and cagey against the better sides. And I think with the injuries and so on that they've got, then I think they look to try and restrict City. And I think City will grind them down. And I, I, my my gut instinct on that is something like a 2 0 win for City. Yeah, I, I, I liked Unders not so long ago because he was sort of channeling his sort of inner Diego Simeone, but I don't think he's got the players for it at the minute. But it'll be an interesting one. Be a decent game. I mean, if City drop points there, then it opens up the title race again. Uh, Nigel and Jack, you both mentioned sort of players away from AFCON. Which teams are you just a bit wary of because of the players that have gone? I mean, it took me about eight hours to type out all of the players here, so I'm going to keep it in the running order. Um, Liverpool losing Salah, West Ham losing Agard and, and Kudos. Jack, who do you think who do you think will be the team that you just steer clear of or back against or you know watching brief? Uh, what do you think? Watching brief, I'd say, but we've mentioned him already. Nigel's mentioned him. I think the biggest loss is probably Son for Spurs. Um, will Richarlison step up? We hope so, obviously, this weekend for both of our sakes, really, on the bets that we've got. But he's a big miss. And Basuma as well in there, given they've got injuries in those areas. So I'd say, off the top of my head, that would be the one that, that sticks in my mind. Nigel, which teams would you would well, you I'm want to avoid? Well, I'm you know I'm heavily on Liverpool. I'm I, I'm lucky. Salah, I mean, this break's coming. Salah is obviously good, but Salah and obviously Trent Trent out as well is a big blow yeah. for Liverpool. But their their fixtures are, they've got Crystal Palace at home, I think, in next week, so they should be able to be there. The team that I would really really, really be worried about, and they're the team that lost most of the players to the Afcon is Nottingham Forest. They've lost yeah, they've lost players. six. Yeah, yeah. So I'd be worried about Nottingham Forest, especially them at the bottom. Um, so there would be the and they have they've got a big squad, not in the forest, but they haven't got really much quality in that squad. So I think not in the forest would be the team that I'll be worried about if I was looking at betting anybody. Yeah, do you want another quiz? Which which are the three yeah. three teams that haven't got lost any players? I'll put it Burnley. in the running order. Does anyone read these running orders? No, yeah, I told you <laughs> I don't. I don't like to be surprised. I like to be surprised. Burnley is Burnley is one. Burnley's one. Manchester um, United. No. Let me try and think who else. They got Anana and Amra back. Newcastle. Oh. Newcastle, Jack has read it. Oh, Man City. Man City. City, typical, isn't it? Uh, AFCON final is 11th of Feb, Asian Cup final the day before on the 10th. So potentially if if the team, if an Egypt gets through to the final, then you're losing Salah right and through and sort of almost mid-February. Certainly worth bearing in mind, check out the team news. Hopefully you'll know which players are playing and are missing when you're tackling the Premier League uh, card, not just this week, but for the next... Four weeks. Best bets before we wrap up. Nigel, what's your best play over this week? Oh, it's got to be at the price. Plus 135, Chelsea Fulham, under two and a half goals. Jackson Kuunku and Ninkunku. What's his name? He's injured. Both out. uh, And obviously Fulham, three players gone. Local derby, under two and a half goals, plus 135. Jack, what's your best bet this weekend? You said you loved it. So if that's good enough for me, I'm going Cole Palmer to score at any time in a 1-0 win for Chelsea. Well, I love that. That I think Cole Palmer played through the centre and he'll score. And as you say, he's on penalties as well. He's not missed one for Chelsea this season. It's a really good play. Nigel Jack, thanks for your company. Uh, good luck with your picks. That's a wrap for week 21. It's part one, of course, of week 21, because as we've explained, we've got five more games uh, next weekend for the Premier League show. It takes a, a little bit of a, a mini break, so to speak. You can hit us up on YouTube and on Twitter. Of course, get your comments and we'll do our best to answer them over the course of the weekend. If you've got any queries about any of the fixtures, any of the plays that we have put up for now, though, from all of us, It is goodbye.